We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. We are back with part two of our series on the state parks. Perhaps you're asking why entire series on the parks? Well, you know, first off, America is blessed to have over 6,600 state parks from coast to coast. You know, this data, I was kind of doing some research on the Google machine, and this data was like 2007 or something like that. So, you know, my guess is that number has increased over the time. Um, it certainly has in Nebraska and nationally that number could be too. So we're just going to say a good over 6,600. You know, research indicates that state park contribute roughly to one third of all natural recreation in the United States measured in hours of natural recreation per capita. We value parks economically, socially, and environmentally. You know, our parks beautiful by nature, provide gathering places for families, kids, school students, social groups. You know, we camp, we picnic, we play, we explore the state parks. For all these reasons, we have decided to dedicate a series of episodes highlighting our parks. So today, you know, you're listening to me, Julia, and Rachel. Say hello, Rachel. Morning, everyone. Rachel Alice with Iowa DNR joining you from kind of sunny Iowa. Oh, at least it's sunny there. It's gloomy and humid here in Nebraska. You know, so some of the state parks are unfamiliar gems. There are 76 venues in Nebraska with a different experience to you can explore. And Rachel, I bet you have some unfamiliar gems in Iowa as well. We certainly do. I think everyone thinks the Midwest is just cornfields, uh, flat, and, and row crop. The vast majority of the state might be that, but like Nebraska, we have hidden gems all over from the eastern corners to the western corners that are out there for folks to discover. And, and as we talk today, we'll certainly talk about a couple of, of Iowa's hidden gems. And, and Kansas is right there with us with overlooked land. We all kind of sit in that 3% or so of public land. And so the natural resources that we do have, we really have to take advantage of and, and truly respect and, and enjoy because that's what they're there for. We have this land and land across the entire state to have the opportunity to enjoy. And, you know, honestly, I just feel like the general public is not aware that, that, that they are there. Many of our own Nebraska residents like I said, are unaware that these hidden gems, these hidden parks, they do exist. And one of those parks that I adore for many reasons is settled in just a few miles south of Gary, Nebraska. And so if you're not familiar with Nebraska, different terrains, different lands, and Gary is 
I mean, it's out there. I am here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and our guest today is clear on the other side of the state. And I think when we have these, when we mention our parks, I bet Amanda can point out this as well, is much of our public is familiar with our, our major parks, whether they are in eastern Nebraska or they are um, our larger reservoir. Uh, you may recall we briefly mentioned Wildcat Hills in the last episode. I just feel like this park is one of the gems that we need to be visited by everyone. But rather than me talking on and on about it, our guest, Amanda Philippi, education specialist stationed at Wildcat Hills, is with us today to brag up her own park. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Okay, Amanda, before we dive into how fantastic Wildcat Hills State Rec area is, we like to tell our listeners a little bit more about our guests. So, you know, a little background on on where you came from, how you got into the outdoors, and, and anything you'd like to share with our listeners. Yeah, so I'm originally from central Nebraska, a little tiny podunk town called Coatesfield. There are a whopping 60 people that live there, so just north of Grand Island. Um, and I've always been interested in the outdoors. Uh, I grew up on a farm, and we were always outside helping on the farm, harassing animals, you know, terrorizing my brother who absolutely hated snakes. So we, you know, had to chase him around the house with snakes. Just kind of always enjoyed it and found I really liked telling people about wildlife and habitats. And got a degree from UNL in fisheries and wildlife and natural resources, started as a seasonal park worker at Ponca State Park for coming out west. It's interesting that she mentioned that she's a seasonal worker at Ponca State Park. So keep that phrase, that sentence in mind, because we're going to jump on that later on. First, we're going to talk about this park that she, she's the queen of this park, <laughs> if I can say that. <laughs> and for her to go from central Nebraska to Wildcat Hills. I mean, that that is a different world. And so we're going to highlight that. You know, Wildcat Hills dates back to 1930. Tell us how this park came to be. The commission purchased the land um, around Scott's Bluff um, to create a park in a big game reason. So we used to have high fences that housed bison or elk. Fortunately, they're no longer with us today. They have, they have moved on. We have some other really cool things for people to explore while they're here. We have about three and a half miles of trails here at Wildcat Hill State Recreation Area. We have some basic camping sites, so tent camping. We also have our shooting sports complex that I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in detail in a little bit. There's something for, for everyone to see and to do here. Because we were purchased back in the 30s, we have several buildings that were, were built by the Civilian Conservation Corps during the Great Depression, which is really cool to see some of those older buildings still standing. You can go and have a picnic um, in, in those buildings as well and, and take you back in time and, and a little bit of history to all the hard work that went in during that DCC projects in our area. You mentioned Big Game Reserve and the elk and the bison have since moved on. You know, if I were to visit the park today, what big game or wildlife it still calls the park home? Yeah, so we actually got our name Wildcat Hills back in the day of the fur traders. They would see a lot of wildcats or bobcats in these hills. So we have animals like bobcats, mountain lion, mule deer. Um, we do see some skunks and raccoons. And we have a lot of songbirds 
a ton of different birds that are unique to western Nebraska. So they're going to be things that maybe we don't see on the eastern side of Nebraska, like red crossbills or pine siskin. So critters that really like this pine woodland habitat that's different than maybe some of the habitats we're seeing on the eastern side of the state. Amanda, you have an amazing setup of bird feeders right outside the nature center that constantly is just visited by a variety of songbirds and species until what, the owl comes around? Is that right? Or yeah, we, We've got a, a sharp shin and a cooper's hawk that they are feeding on some of our birds, but we get the opportunity of seeing some of those larger raptors or, or birds of, of prey there as well. So uh, yeah, we get a lot of really cool and unique birds that, that come to our area. So what, you know, what has the agency done to continue to preserve this habitat or the, the wildlife that are in that, in the park? So a few years ago, we did a, a little bit of a pine thinning project. Um, so we thinned out some of the trees. Um, we did this for a couple reasons. One was for fire, because um, fire can jump from one treetop to the next and move uphill. And right on top of our hill is a, a cool nature center. And we'll explore that in a little bit um, more detail. But we also did it for, we have a little insect called the mountain pine beetle. So we spread our trees out. They're hopefully going to get healthy and produce a lot of that sap to help um, keep that bug out of the tree. So. Um, we've done different things, like I said, around the nature center with our pine thinning project. We've also renovated the nature center that sits on top of that hill, like I mentioned earlier. So a few years ago, we got a, a big renovation. We were able to add quite a few rooms and display spaces and classrooms. So they're really contributing a lot of resources to making sure we're up to date. We've got the best facilities that, that we can have out here. Um, so folks can come out and learn a little bit about the area in our nature center. So Amanda, you, you mentioned your nature center, but I want to I wanna take one step backwards. When we talk about the size of, of or the expanse of this wilderness area, we're talking about over a thousand acres. And, and my brain just doesn't even wrap around, like, what does that mean? So I have to put it in perspective of football fields. So we're talking 828 football fields like again I can imagine what one looks like I can't even remotely imagine what your view looks like I mean just of what I could research without physically visiting it sounds like you're just you know at the top of this just evergreen studded canyon where you can like look out and see an amazing expanse below you but it sounds like the Nature Center is built with that view in mind. So can you elaborate and kind of explain what makes the Nature Center so unique? We are sitting right on top of what they call the Wildcat Hills Butte Range. So like you mentioned, uh, Rachel, a little earlier, we are not just straight cornfields in Nebraska, right? And Western Nebraska is one of those rugged sandstone, siltstone butte ranges. So there's a lot of terrain, there's rocky um, buttes out here, and then a lot of pine trees. And so we're able to see the North Platte River Valley. We can see Scotts Bluff National Monument, and we can see a lot of those butte ranges within the Wildcat Hills. And we've got like Cedar Canyon and and Carter Canyon that we're kind of able to see that in the valley as well. So that's kind of why they built the nature center where they did. It's got a great viewpoint of the valley. We're able to see lots of great topography and just kind of showcase what the area is all about. And 
talk a little bit about, you know, the westward movement as well. Um, Scotts Bluff National Monument was a big place when folks were, were coming in their covered wagons to kind of stop over and we're kind of able to see what life was like back in the day and maybe how they moved and traveled. I have to say that when I played Oregon Trail in school, when I made it to Scotts Bluff, it was like you had like this big victory at school, right? Because you finally made it. You you skipped cholera. You didn't get bit by a snake, and you, you know you hadn't you didn't have to uh, ford the river yet. I do know Scott's Bluff, maybe just through a video game. But I would really challenge our listeners if you haven't been out to this property, Google Map it and check it out. Because as I'm looking, it it honestly I would have been convinced that I was looking at a spot in Arizona or a spot in southern Colorado based on the topography. It's it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, and she mentioned the Cedar Canyon. We'd always go out there once a spring for a work event and we'd go check out Cedar Canyon and the, with the bighorn sheep there. And so high up there that you would literally have to stare up the canyons and wait for a rock to move. It looks like a rock. You just stare at that, stare up there and all of a sudden you realize that, you know, that rock moving is actually bighorn sheep. Absolutely amazing to see. And then at the top of that nature center that we've talked about is you could see the storms rolling in because, I mean, Amanda could tell you every time I'm out there, it stormed and it rained. It, it's <laughs> the wind blew, <laughs> but you could see the storms rolling in just remarkable remarkable view. And I sometimes forget about it. You know what I mean? I'm driving in my car, coming to work, and I'm like, oh, the bighorn sheep are on the side of the road, whatever. I just take it for granted sometimes that there are some really cool critters and really cool sites out here. So yeah, folks, if you want to see something a little bit different, travel out all the way to the western end of the state and and really check it out because there are some really cool things to do while you're here. Not only Wildcat Hills, but um, we've got Scotts Bluff National Monument, Chimney Rock is really close to us as well. I and mean, there are some other state parks that are super close to us within a couple hours distance with Fort Robinson State Park, Shadron State Park, Lake Minotaire, Conahay's not too far. So you could really make a weekend of it. Definitely that the natural history, it's, it is, it's a history of our life. It's the Oregon Trail of our life. Uh, and just think as you were creeping up that those big canyons with your car and your car struggling to get up the hill. Just think what it was like to have your horses pull you or walk up those hills. So Wildcat Hills is um, also has a shooting complex, a little bit, you know, just down the hill, like within just feet walking distance from the nature center. And just right there explains the diversity of opportunities that that the park offers. Um, it's a family-friendly shooting sports education center with a focus on safety, education, and fun. Uh, the center features archery, small boar, pellet, shotgun, and rifle ranges. You know, it provides educational programming and quality instruction uh, seasonally, I should say, and, and maybe Amanda could talk to us a little bit more on when that is available. Uh, we do have equipment rental available, or what I think is um, attractive to many of the hunters in that area is the facility is open for sighting and rifles or archery equipment because 
you know, the area she's in is, you know, for deer and, and turkey uh, on the wave and for antelope and elk seasons as well is this facility provides that opportunity that, that um, is not always available everywhere is a, is a point to be able to site in those rifles or your archery equipment. So Amanda, tell us more about the shooting complex. Yeah, there's a lot of cool, fun stuff to do there. Popular events is always the pellet gun. Some of our, our beginning shooters. So is archery. You mentioned, Julia, we do have a 100-yard um, rifle sight-in range. And that gets booked up during the, especially right before the rifle deer season. Folks can come out, sight in their, their rifle. They can come sight in their archery equipment to make sure um, that they're ready to go for those, those seasons that you mentioned. Around the Wildcat Hills area, there are 27,000 acres available for open hunting and access. Um, so we're really unique in this area. We're really fortunate to have that open lands for folks to go hunting in. And so the shooting range offers you know, that side-in area. Um, we are open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays from 10 to 5. Currently, we're asking folks to kind of call the Nature Center to reserve a spot um, with some of our COVID regulations still in place, but it is a great place that folks can come and visit. They're coming out to the Nature Center, they're coming to hike the trails, and it's just another thing that we can offer our visitors. I can't even imagine 27,000 acres of, of public hunting access. It's insane to me. I was just thinking about some of our largest tracks of, of public land and and Stevens Forest comes to mind and that's in southeast Iowa. That's the largest track of land that the Iowa DNR manages and that's 15,000 acres and that that is by far I mean half of what, what you're talking about. So that's that's amazing. What a remarkable opportunity for a residents within the state of Nebraska and especially in that, in that western edge to really take advantage of. In this kind of brief discussion of Wildcat Hills, it sounds like, I mean, not only could you spend an entire day there, you could spend an entire week just kind of discovering hidden gems, the nature center, getting out and, and enjoying the shooting complex. Are there any other additional opportunities that you want to talk about? As we mentioned, those, those lands that are available, they're open for hiking. Um, they don't have designated trails. We have a great partnership with Platte River Basin Environments. They own a lot of that land and they open it up for public access. So some of those lands um, are managed by Nebraska Game of Parks. Some of them are managed by the Nature Conservancy and then Platte River Basin. So there's lots of areas to explore and, and discover out here. If you're wanting more of a formal trail system, Wildcat Hills is your place to go. But if you're wanting just to walk around and see the habitats and, and, and what is unique to this area, there's lots of opportunities to come out and explore. So speaking of hidden gems, Rachel, tell us about some hidden gems that are in Iowa. Like, I just bet Iowa has some super cool parks similar to, you know, what a wildcat hills has just kind of hidden in a point where people really need to get out and explore this summer or or just you know feel like you feel like they're unutilized and they just need to to find them so i'm gonna i'm gonna save our big ones for uh 
the podcast where we talk about Iowa State Parks, but I'm going to give you a couple teasers, if you will. Because I live in Des Moines, I'm going to talk a little bit about the metro area. We have Somerset State Park, which is just six miles south of Des Moines, and I don't think a lot of people are remotely aware that it's here, um, but it has some amazing trails, whether they're just your normal walking trails. We also have biking trails and some includes mountain biking trails, which is pretty cool with such close access to the Des Moines area. In addition to that, I kind of hit on Stevens Forest and Shimmick Forest. Those are down in southeast Iowa. They're just large expanses of, of land that, that we do manage. So um, again, I don't think a lot of people think of open space when they think of Iowa. So those are two places to go explore. Our better known parks are up in Northeast Iowa. So that includes our first park, Backbone State Park. And it's very similar to, to Wildcat Hills where it has just, just an amazing expanse and looks over the Mississippi River. I wanna challenge people to try Pilot Knob if, if they're looking for a hidden one. And then my other, one I want to recommend is Pine Lake. So those are two state parks. Pine Lake is in Northeast Iowa, as is Pilot Knob is in Northwest Iowa. So just kind of highlighting a couple different ones, but all over we have, we have state parks. I see pictures all the time where I'm like, where were you? And they're like, uh, one of Iowa state parks. And duh. So I'm going to challenge the listeners from Iowa to get out. I know Kansas has a ton of um, hidden gems also. I was looking at the Kansas Tourism Guide and looking at the pictures, I'm like, that can't possibly be Kansas, right? We all have these preconceived notions of what our states are supposed to look like. And with Nebraska celebrating their centennial, with Iowa celebrating their centennial last year, I know we challenged um, folks to do 20 parks in 2020 and to really get out so we've we have identified a couple different hiking trails at a bunch of our state parks and we'll talk about those in our podcast but um, I guess the the quick and dirty is get out there I think that's what 2020 has taught us that we are so lucky to have such an amazing state park system hiking trails picnicking areas fishing ponds, lakes, rivers, streams, what have you, to get out and to do it and, and to recharge. And, and most importantly, bring someone, take your family, take your friends and get out. Um, maybe this is the year that you've always wanted to go camping. Get your tent and go for the, go for the, the fun and, and challenge yourself because there is nothing like waking up at six in the morning to nothing but birds chirping. There's nothing like sitting around a campfire at 10 o'clock p.m. and realizing you are just absolutely exhausted and you don't know what you did all day. But because you're sitting around that fire, it just puts you to sleep. So um, at the end of the day, get out there, go explore. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Yeah, you're dead on there, Rachel. So as I, as I challenge everyone to kind of get out and explore, if I'm heading to Wildcat Hills, what do I need to do to visit? Last podcast, we talked about the state park permit. Is that what I need? Or are there any additional things that, that I need to, to get out and explore the, the wonderful Nebraska state parks? Yep. You just need that Nebraska state park permit on your vehicle. So we, we have dailies available 
in annuals, depending if it's a resident or non-resident vehicle, the fee kind of changes a little bit, but that's pretty much all you need to visit this, this area. Of course, there's some additional fees for camping or for the shooting range, but if you just want to come out, have a picnic or, or hike the trails, just that Nebraska State Park permit is all you need. And you can take care of, you know, if you're going to go to the shooting range or camp, can you take care of that at the nature center or there at the booths where you enter the park or... Yeah, good question, Rachel. So at our park, our nature center is open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., like Julia mentioned, mountain time. If folks need to pay with a credit card, they can come up here. If not, in our campgrounds, we do have some Dropbox envelopes. But I will tell you, you need to have exact change or write a check. So if folks don't have exact change, they're more than welcome to, to come up here and pay. And especially for the shooting range, um, this is the only place to pay is at the Nature Center for your time and what you want to shoot and everything. Yep, come visit us up here at the Nature Center. You'll you won't miss it. It's on top of the hill, and we can we can take care of you and help help you decide what kind of um, fee or what you need to pay. A hunting license or fishing license. We also sell those up here too. So if you got a wild hare and you want to come out to Western Nebraska turkey hunting, come on out. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of point you in the right direction and you can get your hunting license. And grab that fishing license and then head to, now you can't fish. Well, there's nowhere to fish at Wildcat Hills, but, you know, head over to other parks that are very close, that totally blanket on the Lake, one home right now. Lake Minotaur is super close Thank you. to us. Yes, yep. Yes. Um, there are also some ponds in the, the town of Scotts Bluff and Gearing. Um, that have some pretty good fishing. And then Conahay is only a couple hours away as well. So, you know, you've got a couple different areas you can go fishing. And if you're not familiar with Nebraska's park systems, so the park permit that we've mentioned, you know, that's a sticker that you put in your windshield and it buy it annual. And then you can go in and out all of these parks that she has Amanda has mentioned or we have talked about in the last two episodes. Like you don't need to purchase that park permit for every individual park that you go into. Like, you know, that is your pass of fun to use through the end of the year. So, you know, it is, we can get on our soapbox easily where those permit funds go to briefly stated it, those funds go to, to preserve uh, this land that we've been talking about and minimal fee to, to camp uh, you know, the minimal fee to use the shooting ranges. So it's just a way for us to provide the public a great day or a entire year of opportunities. And those park permit passes, it's cheaper to buy one park permit pass than to take your family to the movies. I did some quick calculations real quick. And one day at the state park uh, totally beats two and a half hours at your local movie theater. And to think that then... You can go the next weekend and the next weekend and the next weekend. So um, money absolutely well spent. And as Julia and Amanda mentioned, that money goes back into those resources to make them better and more accessible to residents and non-residents. So an amazing program and system and everyone should get out and enjoy those state parks. Exactly. I really enjoy working with staff that is in our our parks division like they just take ownership of the parks that they manage they care for they live and breathe these facilities they take ownership the pride in these facilities but you know 
it takes a lot of human power to maintain these facilities, especially, you know, the parks that have a lot of um, campgrounds or they have swimming pools or playgrounds or, you know, I could go on and on. Like I said, it takes a lot of human power to maintain these facilities. And so I want to take a moment to plug in for those parks needing to fill job vacancies. I reached out to our parks division prior to courting. You know, it takes, Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, parks division hires eight to 900 temporary employees. Is that what I read? Yeah. And their job descriptions vary so much. So we have folks that do maintenance, lifeguards, we have wranglers. So if you love riding horses, being a wrangler at some of our state parks is a job for you. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I got my start in, as a seasonal at Ponca State Park as a seasonal naturalist. So it's a great opportunity to get your foot in the door. If this is a career that you want to pursue, apply to be a seasonal park worker. And like I said, we have so many different jobs available in our park system for folks to take part in. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. You get to work outside. Sometimes you get to work with the public and our visitors. There's so many different cool jobs that are within our park system. And I would recommend that you, you apply for those. Yeah. And they're open now. Like we have hundreds of jobs still open statewide that, you know, it, it really helps. We got to get those shoes filled, I, I could say, that to keep going, keep rolling through the season. You know, and seasonal means um, summer. So if, if you are a high school student or a college student looking for a summer position, even seasonal could mean for the parks division or even our agency is a 11 month. Uh, and there's, there's jobs out there with 11 month contracts as well, just to keep things going because uh, we do have parks that are open year round. And I know here in Iowa, we're always looking for park camp hosts. So folks to help manage our campgrounds and oversee things. So, and there's always, always volunteer opportunities. So if, if you're looking for something a little less time commitment, but you still want to give back, we are always looking for volunteers to, to help out with maintenance, with invasives, with, with all sorts of fun projects around the state. So I, I certainly encourage folks that are looking for to get into natural resources, a part-time position, a summer position within any of the parks is such an amazing learning opportunity. You learn so much about the, the ins and outs of, of true management of the natural resources, and then also how humans and those natural resources interact and, and how to better manage that. So there's always learning opportunities. Um, we certainly would welcome you coming on staff with Nebraska, with Iowa, or with Kansas for those part-time positions. But if you're getting a little bit more into that volunteer opportunity, there's, there's always those opportunities too. I've learned so much more about Wildcat Hills. Between this conversation and last week's conversation with Margot, we're taking a big western Yellowstone trip this summer and I'm trying to figure out how we can drop from Devil's Tower in South Dakota down to western Nebraska and still make it home in a couple days. So I'm trying to reroute the trip because I, I want to see this land um, 
with my own eyes and not through Google Map and Google Images anymore because it's really, really impressive. Amanda, what did we miss? Anything you want to want to touch on before we, we wrap our podcast up? Uh, I just want to invite folks to come out and visit one of those 76 areas that we have here. Um, like you mentioned earlier, this is our park centennial in Nebraska. And so there's a lot of great events, a lot of great programs going on throughout the entire year. So come out. If you haven't explored some of their state parks, I, I challenge you to come on out, explore some of them, especially during this centennial year to help us celebrate. You know, in our last conversation, we were talking about open positions. I'm certainly going to drop that link into our show notes and then on our Facebook page as well, where you can find the uh, long list of positions that are out there. You know, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I even, you know, I learned a lot. Every time I do, every time I talk to a coworker, whether they are at headquarters, it's 10 minutes away from me, or Amanda, that's, I feel like 10 hours away from me. <laughs> um, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, everything from those park opportunities, what's available at your park, what's available at other parks. And I know our listeners took away a lot and are excited to head that direction. We're going to drop, not only drop the link of where job opportunities are available, but also drop some links out there as far as you can connect and check out what's available directly on the website too. So uh, again, thank you for joining us. Be sure that to like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Share it with your friends. Tell everyone about it. We love seeing that the podcast has been uh, growing, um, but a lot of um, conversation on our Facebook perhaps like what has there been their favorite episode we want to hear that because that gives us the opportunity uh, it gives us the information to as we prepare episodes to come like what do our listeners want to hear in those conversations and also ask our guests questions because we stay connected with them all the time. We, you know, we stay with connected with them and we will share those questions. Keep sharing your awesome photos and videos with us. If you head out to Wildcat Hills this summer or in that area, take a picture and snap it and share it on our Facebook. Uh, you can send it to us by email. We want to see that. As always, thank you for joining us and see you outdoors. Mm-hmm.